Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warder. My guest today is Ondine Dulafeld from Tenuta di Tavignano, which is in Cingoli in Macerata province in the Le Marche region of Italy. Ondine, welcome. Thank you very much, Monty. Happy to be with you. Okay, so the estate dates from the 1600s. You weren't around, obviously, then. Um, what is your role at Tenuta Tavignano? And um, tell us a little bit about the history of the of the estate. All right. Uh, let's start from me. I started, uh, I'm graduated in architecture and uh, I've been working as an architect for uh, more or less 20 years. And uh, in 2013, I was asked by my family to consider taking care of the winery. I thought that the challenge was uh, very attractive, difficult, but is a, a nice challenge to uh, to jump in. And so I started to uh, study a lot to be able to, I was, I mean, I was around the winery for a long time, but that it doesn't mean to be able to run a winery. That is, there is a side that sounds very poetic, but the reality is a lot of work and you need to, to have a lot of skills from many different uh, areas of, uh, of the winery, that is legal side, the relationship with, the, with all the workers in the winery, and you need to have the skills for the enological side and agronomical side. I mean, you need to know a lot about what you're doing. And today we are moving towards a digital and green horizon that is quite nearby now and so you need to have uh, uh, skills to understand what how to be part of this uh, movement between the green uh, green future uh, the winery it's uh, it's, uh, has a uh, 230 hectares um, we have uh, cereals and wine uh, the 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 uh, vineyards have 31 hectares, and we are specialized in white grapes. So Verdicchio dei Castelli di Iesi. We produce around 150,000 bottles. We try to stay that this kind of dimension is our goal uh, to to have uh, quality and to and to control the quality be, be, without being involved in a big a wave of a market that uh, can can end up uh, putting in big difficulty to keep the quality. So we hope that the market and that the future will we will always be able to to maintain our kind of wineries that dimension and this quality without being involved in a big market of uh, of uh, big numbers. Yeah, I mean, 180,000 bottles sounds a lot, but it's actually um, quite small. 150,000. 150, okay, 150, even less. So it's it's, it's manageable, and uh, you're right to be able to want to um, premiumize um, your offering um, to, to make the economics um, work. It's a very beautiful area where you are. It's quite open, isn't it? Um, you're in a località Tavignano in Cingoli, so you have um, it's a very bright and luminous landscape. Do you think that comes through in the wines, in the Vedicchio? 
What is special about our area is that we are mid, in the midway between from the sea to the mountains. So we are in the, the, the same distance. So we are 40 kilometers from the coast and we are 40 kilometers from the mountains. And we have a wind that, that uh, blows going from the mountains till the sea every day and all the year round. Uh, this allows to have a, um, a dry area with a nice microclimate that uh, can allow wineries like us to, to be organic without having uh, to put too much energy, too much product, too much work. And, and we are lucky. We are, it's very, I mean, we are very lucky to be in this kind of area just now in our world that everybody would like to be greener and better uh, I mean better with the with the land for those for those of you that don't know um, 35% of the Marque vineyards are now certified organic which is uh, one of the highest um, probably the highest statistic um, from any major wine region on the planet and um, it's partly the mentality there um, which is green um, but also the climatic conditions uh, and the terroir is very conducive to this kind of farming so what Ondine is saying is very logical um, and she's clearly going with um, following nature and, and obviously doing a very good job. You, you say something very, very right, because to be uh, sustainable is not enough to be sustainable for organic product on your winery, on your wine vineyard, but you, you need to be economical, sustainable. I mean, your economy, your business needs, needs to run. And if you are in an area where it's very difficult to be organic because it rains a lot, because it's 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 humid, and um, imagine the work and how much fuel you need to buy to use your uh, uh, your machine to go up and down all your vineyards to to be able to do all the the to give all the attention to your vineyards, not to to get ill. So sorry if I don't have the scientific uh, words in in English, but I think I'm. I hope I'm clear enough. So you spend a lot of maybe fuel to 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 use more phyto um, medicine. That yes, they are organic, but instead of going one time, you need to to go ten times, and so you spend a lot of energy and a lot of fuel and a lot of uh, uh, money. And so for us in the market area, yes, the mentality, but we are, uh, yeah, we are, we are in the very good condition to go organic because we can go economical. It could be economical, uh, a, a good business to, to go organic. Because if you go in, if you can see in the market, organic doesn't mean that your bottle, you can really sell it at a higher price. Uh, it's more a question they, they ask today for a producer to go organic for an ethic reason, not for a business reason. So we do it for ethic reason and not for business. But if to go organic means that your company doesn't doesn't produce in, enough income, then it's crazy to to kill a whole country around organic. And so as we are we are in the market area. We are in the in the in the good in the good situation to go organic. 
Another thing that's interesting about your estate is um, your use of oak is um, you don't use very much oak. I don't think any of your whites uh, see um, oak at all. So again, you're, I mean, in terms of um, the environment, that's a positive sign. But also, it works very well with your with your with the, with the way that you make your wines. Is that is that all right? So we use. I just correct just uh, uh, um, a little bit about that. We use oak only on the red wines for the uh, micro-oxygenation. I hope it's clear. Uh, But we use only old oak. So we use it only for for the physical capacity of the wood to exchange oxygen. Uh, Not really for the taste, because we we believe in 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 a... in the variety uh, characteristic, um, this is for the red. For the white, the verdicchio is very special because aging it has some ev- evolution that give a, uh, some special savor, some special flavor uh, that are similar to the wood, uh, to the wood flavor. It goes to it goes to ane, it will go to the to, to herbal notes and mature mature uh, like uh, spicy notes. Uh, some some people drinking and trying verdicchio with an evolution of two three years. They always ask, but uh, does this one will stay on wood? And and the the, the 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 answer is always no. It's just the evolution of the verdicchio. With uh, with these notes. Okay, let's start with um, the the beginning wine of your range, the sparkling white wine, which is Frizzante Il Pestifero. Tell us a little bit about that one. All right. <laughs> okay. On the wine, on the wine activity, as a uh, winemakers, families belonging to the wine uh, activity. The need of tradition is very, very important, and the need to communicate tradition is very important. And sometimes it's too important, and sometimes it's too heavy. And so we were in in Tavigliano, where we need something to get crazy. We need something to laugh, something to be out of the box, uh, because our production is not out of the box. Our production is serious, is well done, a lot of uh, a lot of effort. But uh, we wanted to do some crazy wines, so we decided to go completely different. And we have three different three uh, a line of three wines that they are called. I love monsters. I love monsters because I love something that is completely different. We love uh, something that is not perfect. And one is called the Pestifero. is the is the main is is the first one to be born, uh, and is a is a pet nut pétillant naturel. So we went we we went natural. So we use uh, ancient recipes to produce uh, pétillant wine. So is is uh, is similar to the Champenoise uh, technique, but we don't do the degorgement and we don't filter. So it's, the wine are similar to uh, wines with a with a lee on the, on a sur lee. So you have uh, the cloudy side with a deposit of the yeast. Yeah, no no degorgement and unfiltered. So it's um, everything happens in the bottle. Exactly. 
So you start the, the fermentation in the bottle. There is a res- residual of uh, of sugar that will finishing will finish in the bottle during the fermentation, producing the gas. Yeah. And it's called it's il pestifero, and it's a um, verdicchio mainly with a bit of malvasia and a little bit of Sangiovese made as a wine. Exactly, exactly. It's been quite successful. Uh, people like it. Uh, has a, a special special notes and is a bit crazy and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of trendy. Let's say we we did it at the right time, so. Is is a nice, very nice experiment, and we are we are having fun. Do you know I made a Petion Naturel in the UK a few years ago? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, it was the first one. It was organic. Yeah, and but it was a white wine, and um, obviously the UK is not not the same as the market, so it wasn't as lush as what I imagine your wine will be. A little bit narrower and a little bit crisper, um, but um, it's it's great fun as well, and it's um it's a fun wine, and people like seeing the yeast at the bottom. Of the bottle, do you do you have people when they come and buy buy a bottle? They look at they hold the bottle up to the light to see what's at the bottom. Yeah, they do, they do, and we always ah, it's very nice. And to to it's nice to produce videos. It's nice to talk about it. And and is il pestifero? It means in Italian the naughty boy. So uh, and the naughty boy usually you call a young boy who who. Uh, it's kind of loved by everybody, but it's a bit naughty. So the naughty boy is something you like, but uh, it, it breaks the rules. So we, we I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's quite pleasant. Uh, we like that. We, 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 like, we like attention. We're looking for attention. We break the, the rules, but we want to be pleasant. So outside, the bottle has a strange label. Uh, and we can say that it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a naughty boy, but inside is well-educated. The wine is well not, is well done because it's done by our team of uh, enologists uh, and uh, and is well done. So outside a bit crazy, inside is very educated. Beautifully uh, described. What's the next um, one in the pest? Is it the orange wine? La, La Vergine. La Vergine is the virgin wine because it's, uh, it's the, again, not manipulated, less manipulated. So it's a little intervention, uh, and is a white wine built as a red wine. So it, it is a skin contact wine. So it will stay on the skin for uh, between ten mo- ten days to one month. So it's not a very important skin contact uh, time, and uh, but. It's very nice to to understand how the verdicchio was in the past uh, when it used to be done that way because all, in the past it was always um, fermented fermented with the skin uh, and it's very nice because you you have to to drink it as a red wine you have to combine it with uh, meat cheese because it's very the the, the notes are very very strong. But again, the bottle uh, has this lee on the on the bottom, and you have to put it upside down, and it has all the movement on the skin. So on on the on the on the on the on the bottle, and again, uh, it's quite successful. More than in Italy, uh, that we are uh, in Italy, we are a bit uh, lay back on on that kind of uh, trend. Maybe they will be more uh, trendy in in one year, two years. 
but is very successful in Australia, successful in Canada, in Japan, in the United States, in California. So what is nice is it starts from the winery as uh, an experiment, a natural wine, with the recipes of our grandfathers, but it flies away, very, it goes very far uh, to travel to a new continent. So it's quite, it's quite nice. And what's the third one of the monsters in the monsters range? The third one is a, like the Pestifero, but it's a feminine version. So it's a pink uh, sparkling with a, a bit of Lacrima di Moro d'Alba. And it's called La Birba. La Birba, it's a, a, the, the, a feminine version of Naughty Boy. It's a, it's a girl who likes to do uh, many jokes and uh, uh, sweet, and, uh, but a, a bit uh, provocative. And, uh, so La Birba, it's, uh, again, uh, is a pet nut rosé. It's the last one. Do you, drink the, do you drink these pet nuts with um, food or, or just more on their own? You can have them on on their own because because of being a bit cloudy, as the the beer that are the artisanal beer, you know, the that are cloudy. You have the impression that is nearly more f- fulfilling. Uh, is it right? It's like it's like an aliment. It's not just a wine. It's an aliment. You have the impression that they are a bit more dense. That they will take you uh, like you can. If you feel like a bit of, if you are a bit uh, hungry, yes, you would like to have something to have a bit of calories or a bit of density. You, you have the impression that you can have a, a glass of a Petillon Naturel. They are more, yeah. It's like those beers that you have with uh, yeast at the bottom, those cloudy beers as well, where you, you don't really want to get drunk. You just feel a little bit hungry, but um, you don't want to eat uh a huge meal and you just have a, a glass of beer or a glass of sparkling wine with a little yeast in it. And it's very satisfying. You have the impression that you can be satisfied for a while. The alcohol level is 11.5 degrees, so it's not, it's not uh, high. Uh, it, could be, it could be as a starter. Uh, but I don't, I mean, you, you, cannot, you, you cannot exclude to have something to eat with. Uh, it, it's nice to have it with with anything like a fry, fish, fish and fried. Fried fish, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fish and chips, like something, uh, or little burgers or street food. It's quite nice to have a to have the these petillon naturel with street food. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the Vidicchio wines because uh, you've got quite a range. So, what is your entry, the base of the uh, the pyramid, the entry level Vidicchio dei Castelli di Iesi? Is it the Villa Torre? The entry level is Villa Torre, even if we have even youngest one, but we use especially in the in the local area, uh, because in the market, the tradition to drink wine is very important. They drink wine every day, lunch and dinner. And so you wouldn't spend, you wouldn't spend like a Villa Torre. You would, you have a, an everyday wine. So we have an everyday wine organic too, that is, has, is more dedicated to the local market. So from, from, it's called Costa Verde, so it's fresh, uh, it's picked very young, so uh, give us the opportunity to have a, a, lo- a lower price because the more it stays on the, on, the, on the vines, on the plant, the more work you have and the, 
more expensive is the wine. So we like to have a very light and fresh version of of the Verdicchio that that is very very nice too. I mean, the Verdicchio can have is very versatile. They say, okay, we can confirm that. So you can have the fresh version till the edge version, the one that can uh, uh, evolve with the time. So Costa Verde is the first one to evolve. Costa Verde is that that faces east, doesn't it? So that's where you get that kind of crispness and freshness. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is the next one, uh, Misco. Yeah, Misco. Misco is the name of a river that runs uh, at the uh, at the edge of the estate, and in the in the is called Muzone the river. But at the Roman time, in the Roman time, the Muzone was Miscus. So from the river, we we gave the name to uh, our vineyard and then to the to the to the to the wine. Uh, so it's a crew, it's a single vineyard coming from this uh, vineyard has the is the best of our, our our estate because of the exposure, because of the quali- the quality of of um, ground, limestone and uh, uh, and clay. Um, so we. Yeah, so we we have dedicated uh, this land, this parcel, to the Misco. The vines have uh, for 30, 35 years now, 35 years, and uh, the yield is very low. So you get nice concentration. So is that one reason you make a reserva from Misco as well? Exactly. The reserva is very nice because... Uh, as I was saying before, uh, with the evolution of the time just just happening in the bottle, the Verdicchio has uh, something very special happens. And uh, I think it will be more and more successful to try and to have the experience of a Verdicchio of, that has at least two, three years in the bottle. Uh, I, I, I believe it will become successful because it's very, very elegant um powerful and uh, and, and uh, with a really nice capacity of of pleasantness so now let's go on to the reserva the uh, tavignano reserva all right so as i was saying the tavignano reserva the 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 grape will be picked just a few days after the misco but it's always the same parcel uh it will stay one year in the in the, in the in the tank uh on the on the lease without batonnage because we are looking always to the uh, the finest uh, expression of of the verdicchio um, and and then it will go on the bottle and stays another year before to be to, to go on the market but usually the reserva is is three years after when it's picked yeah it's not it's all, that, that one has got that lovely uh, creaminess and depth to it um, I found I tried it. It's got that um, again. It's like a food. You don't need food. You, you're drinking. Uh, you're drinking food. Um, if you talk a little bit about the um, the reds, Rosso Piceno, Cepidoni. The Rosso Piceno. I don't know if you know uh, something about the Rosso Piceno, but it uh, has a nice name because the Piceno used to be a, a civilization in the market area before the Roman. I Piceni is a wine. Typical from the area, it has a, a, a long 
um, I cannot tell you when it's been when it started, but it has a long history in the in the market area, and it's made with Sangiovese and Montepulciano. And from that, you understand how for for how long Sangiovese and Montepulciano has been in the market, even if they are well known more in the Chianti area or maybe more in Montepulciano d'Abruzzo. But uh, the, the the same variety has been in the market since uh, a long time. So. Uh, nearly before Christ. And the Libenter? Another Rosso Libenter is made with Sangiovese, Montepulciano, and we have a bit of Cabernet Sauvignon. We like it to have a bit more international. And uh, it's, it's, it's picked at the end of, uh, of September. Uh, strong. You, we are nearly 14.5, 15 degrees. And you really need Uh, rock and roll is like a very uh, alcoholic chocolate. And um, the one, of the, I think, the, the most interesting one, the most unusual wine, is the Lacrima di Moro d'Alba, the Barbarossa, and that's from uh, Lacrima grown in in San Marcello. Exactly in the in, in the area of uh, Lacrima di Moro d'Alba. Uh, in Moro d'Alba is a village. Uh, is uh, is an area. From Tavignano, you need to go by by the seaside, uh, and only in Moro d'Alba is grew the, the the variety of Lacrima di Moro d'Alba. The notes are very special because when you have it on the nose, you have an impression that you will have something sweet and and fruity, and uh, uh, people really are, are attracted. But when it goes on the on the pal- on the palate, on the tongue. Is dry, perfectly dry. So special, really special. What do you like eating with that? Uh, you like charcuterie. It's very nice with the charcuterie. I wouldn't have it with a sweet uh, dessert, even if you think it could go with dessert. But in the in the market area, we have it with a charcuterie or all dinner because even if it's it's, it's quite strong on the nose. On the on the then uh, on the on the mouth is uh, is uh, is quite uh, dry. Yeah, charcuterie and especially charcuterie, I would say. Okay, final wine is the uh, Verdicchio dei Castelli Passito Sant'Elancerio, which is 100% Verdicchio, I think. How do you make the Passito? The Passito we make it so picking the grapes at the end of September and then we hang them on the room that is, is, is spectacular to look at. Uh, it's like a, a, an art installation uh, with all those uh, grapes all around, nice wires. I would stay uh, two, three months, uh, that two months that way, and then it will go on the tank and do the fermentation on the tank. So it's ready more or less after, after six months. But we don't do it every year. It's very difficult to do it because uh, if the at the end of the summer it starts raining, it's impossible to do a pasito. So let's say we do it every two, three years, we're able to do it. Um, it's a big, big, big effort, physical effort to do the pasito. Yeah, but it's worth it when, it, when you get it right. It's worth it. Yes, it's very nice. Ondine, I just want to say thanks to you, Ondine de la Feld. Thank you, Monty. From Tavignano, it's um, always nice to talk to you. And uh, I've been to the estate. I don't. I should come back and see you 
Um, and I really like the wines. They're beautifully balanced. They're so easy to drink. They're very clear, very expressive of, of the terroir there. And they're not um, overmade. They're just understated and, um, and very well balanced. Really nice. Thank you. It's what we try to do, to do as less as possible and to be patient. Yeah, I try to do that with my questions is to ask as few as possible and be patient. And I'm not always not always successful, but uh, I will I will learn from you. Thank you so much. You've been a brilliant guest. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Thanks, Andine. Ciao. Bye. Ciao. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.